0: Conspiracy theories are everywhere and they seem to be increasing after COVID. So why are they so popular? Welcome to The
1: Conquering Truth. I'm Dan Horn. I'm Jonathan Seitz. I'm Charles Churchill.
2: And I'm Joshua Horn.
0: Since the 1960s, and the term conspiracy theory has been popularized, it's kind of used to be this idea of some theory that's out there that's just completely ridiculous, and anybody's a fool who believes it. But yet you look, and there's, there's still substantial belief in a lot of things that are labeled conspiracy theories. For instance, you know, in Area 51 out in New Mexico, more than a quarter of the people believe that they actually have aliens there. And you look at the statistics, and a lot of conspiracy theories are still widely held. So why are they so popular with the American people?
1: So I think when you hear the term conspiracy theory, like you said, it was popularized in the 1960s. So there's just there's something that pops into your head, which is the idea of something that's too ridiculous to believe. But I think the reason why it was popularized at that point was it was actually used as a weapon against people to say there were people who believed things, and those things weren't all ridiculous – but they wanted to make the people who believe them seem ridiculous. And so there's a part of it, where when you say the term conspiracy theory, you have to understand it's a pejorative term that can be used against someone who believes something reasonable. It can be used against somebody who believes something someone who believes something ridiculous. It can be used in all different sorts of way. I mean, it's 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 an attack, but it's not always an attack on someone for something that they believe that's foolish, but you want to make them seem foolish for believing it. And so we've gotten to an age where it's very polemic. You know. The, 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 the political climate is you know, against each other. It's very divisive. There's lots of lying going on. And so there's an advantage in calling more and more things conspiracy theories because in the end you can minimize a group of people by it. It doesn't mean that all the things are true, but there's this part of it where we need to understand that what's going on is a war over language, a war over what people think and what they believe, and there's a war over just politics and can you control the narrative of what's going
0: on. And I mean, I think that's an important thing to recognize, that the reason the term is used is to stop debate. That's the reason that you use the term. In a lot of cases, if you can easily prove that it's false or that it's true, then you just prove it and you don't name it a conspiracy theory. It's when either you can't prove it or you don't want it to be investigated that you call it a conspiracy theory. In like the Area 51... Right. I mean, that's like a classic conspiracy theory. And it was called a conspiracy theory because they wanted people to believe it, because that's where they did all their, inve- all their research for, for new aircrafts. And so because of that, they wanted people to have this natural explanation, if they saw something weird, that it was an alien. So it was the government was intentionally setting up a conspiracy theory. And they were calling it a conspiracy theory, because they didn't want anybody to investigate it. Because if they did, all of a sudden, they'd find out, wait a second, these aren't aliens. These are actually secret weapon systems that are being developed.
2: And There's another factor, too, that I think plays into when people use the term conspiracy theory, which is because some people who believe these conspiracy theories are believing really nutty things and are not open to seeing the logic of why what they're believing is wrong. And so, you know, whether it's the right tactic, some people just use it out of frustration because they've tried debating it and the people won't listen. They're like, well, you just believe conspiracy theories because you- you know, you're shining down debate. So it can be shining on debate from the person who's believing the theory or the person who's using the term.
1: There's a part of it where is if you just go around, it's like screaming racism. If you call everyone a racist, whether they're being racist or not, there's a point where the word starts to lose meaning. But it has negative effects. There are people who even begin to be okay with behaving in a racist way because they kind of become inured to it. Well, with the conspiracy theorists, there's a part of it where if if everything becomes a conspiracy theory, you start to believe that the way you know things isn't by reason and by debate. It's just by faith. It's just by blind faith. And so you just hold the things. And so there are even people who they hold even tighter to the idea, whether it's reasonable or not. And so, like you said, on one side, there's people who they find people they can't reason with, be called it. And there's another side that says, I hold to these things because there is no discussion anymore. They've removed any means of even having a reasonable discussion.
0: And so, I mean— like when you think of covid just because it's one of the more recent examples and there's been a lot of accusations of conspiracy theories and then you have the twitter files and all of a sudden you find out that that was exactly what they were doing is that they were calling them conspiracy theories like for instance that the the um, covid escaped from from a uh, a lab a lab, a lab week. in in wuhan well now the fbi is saying that was true but everybody was calling it a conspiracy theory And you look further and you see that they were trying to cover it up and they didn't want to do it because they were funding research in that lab that was gain of function, that was illegal. And you start to see all these things. But yet, by yelling conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, they succeeded in in stopping investigation of it for a couple of years. When we start to think about conspiracy theories, it's important to recognize that there are conspiracies right? I mean, everybody knows there's conspiracies. This isn't something new. This isn't something that everybody is like, oh, how shocking that people conspire together. Obviously, you know, like 9-11 would be an example. They clearly a group of people conspired together to fly planes into buildings. There's no question that there's a conspiracy there, like none. That's not debated at all. And so it's easy to start to pretend like there aren't conspiracies, which is exactly what, Sometimes the u- term is used Is to shut down the idea that there's conspiracies But we all know there's conspiracies The question is how big they are How how powerful they are All these other things Those things can be debated But you have to start with the idea That there are conspiracies And there's also theories out there, right? I mean, there's the idea that <laughs> and, and I mean, and it's important That's because, where I draw the line <laughs> Theories because, You know, there's a theory Like the Wilhelm lab You know, the leak theory well, that theory was out there immediately, and it was the most logical theory. I mean, even John Stewart, who is a very rabid liberal, comes out on uh, Colbert. Colbert and basically says, everybody knows that this is what happened. Just look at the evidence. I mean, it's obvious. And so you have these things, and that's a theory that's out there. And instead of pursuing the theory to figure out if it's true or false and to, to actually do research on the theory, by putting the two words together— to say, oh, there is no conspiracy, so you should ignore every theory that's related to a conspiracy. Then all of a sudden you've kind of – you've shut down debate. And so it's really important to recognize that there are conspiracies. But that doesn't mean that every conspiracy theory – I mean who cares if they're chased down is one thing. But it really is a means to, to shut down debate.
2: I, I mean I was thinking even you know, with the resurrection of Christ, you basically have two – claims of compete, two competing claims of conspiracy theories where you one you have you know the pharisees saying that there's a conspiracy to steal Jesus' body by the disciples and then pretend he's alive you know from the christians you have the conspiracy theory that um you know the pharisees paid off the guards and got the romans to go along with it so the guards said we fell asleep and this other conspiracy happened so i mean obviously one of those is true and one isn't but you have this competing thing where both sides are saying what is can be called a conspiracy theory
0: And I think a lot of times it's like that conspiracy theory, right? I mean, if you were a Roman guard and you let a prisoner escape, like the Philippian jailer, you were put to death. That theory that they started that the apostles stole the body. Well, if you actually look at evidence, then it's pretty clear that wasn't what happened because the guards were alive. (laughs) Which, you know, in a lot of the conspiracy theories, they are that foolish. They're that easy to disprove with a little reason. If you don't reason, they're very difficult to disprove.
1: Right. And I think that I mean, the other side is when you're talking about that there are conspiracies is and I understand when people use the word conspiracy theory, usually they mean something sort of special. They mean, but there's a part of it where it's actually getting a blurred line to the point of, like you said, you have to conspire to do things. We have conspired to do a podcast. We have, you know, I mean, and and you, there's pe- lots of theories about that. <laughs> people use conspiracy usually in a negative sense, but there's a part where if someone goes into business with someone else, they conspired together. They conspired to go into business. They got together. They talked. It means two people to share a spirit, right? I mean, to have the same idea, to have the same thoughts, and same so breath. right, yeah. That you, I mean, and so there's this part of it where to do anything in the world, you have to conspire. Now. It doesn't mean that it's that there aren't people who conspire to do evil things they do, but in the end there's a part of it where and i don 't mean like everything's a conspiracy, but there's a part of it where if you 're talking about in a neutral sense, it is anything someone does with someone else they're conspiring together to do it, and so there's this part of it where sometimes what happens is, is a man conspires to influence something in a way, and he does all sorts of things to achieve that. you know he invests here and he invests here and he invests here, and then this comes about, and people look back and went. Oh, it was a conspiracy. This was his plan all along. Well, he was planning for all sorts of eventualities. And they just forget that there are people in the world who are planning and trying to do things. And afterwards, they look back and they make it to be more than it is. They make it to be a greater deal than it should be. And so there's this part of it where it's, it's almost people's willful ignorance about the way the world works that adds to it because all of a sudden they're like shocked that a billionaire tried to accomplish something in the world. As opposed to going, of course he's trying to influence the world, you know I mean he's right. he, once you get that amount of money, that's kind of all you can really do with it is you can use it to try to change the world in certain ways so I mean it's just I think there's just this just naivety about even the idea that causes a problem for some people
3: but all of the cases we've been talking about where where we've talked about specific things that are called conspiracies a key ingredient in all of those is that they're is somebody who's intending to deceive. And then the conspiracy theory appears to be a reaction to that culture or environment of deception. And it's either an appropriate reaction or it's an overreaction or it's just misdirection in some sense. But, But a key ingredient for conspiracy theories to live well in the world as creatures is that there has to be deception and people have to be interested in being deceived. You know, if if that weren't the case, you don't have conspiracy theories like, like we've talked about them.
0: You said people like to be deceived. Sometimes there's like real work to create a deception. Like I can give you the example of how conspiracy theories became – that term became popularized. It was popularized by the CIA related to the Warren Commission. So the Warren Commission, JFK, gets shot on – November 22nd 1963 they established the Warren Commission on November 29th seven days later 1963 well anybody that's been involved in anything with police it takes like two years that's like normal before you start but they did the Warren Commission immediately seven days before there was any evidence that could be gathered right so they're having an evident hearing to examine what happened Before anything could be gathered to find out what happened, so it was fake, and I'm not saying that I have no idea how many gunmen there were. Whether it was Oswald by himself, no idea. All I do know is the Warren Commission was fake. The CIA, the government didn't want people to be investigating that. There was, you know, he had been had some contact with the CIA, and they were probably covering that up at a minimum. And so they started it and popularized it with people saying that the Warren Commission was fake, and it was fake. I mean, there's nobody looking back at it that could say you started seven days after the shooting and you're actually investigating anything. You're not. You're just – You mean reviewing. They were, The Warren Commission was reviewing evidence, right? Right, which hadn't been gathered. Right. That's what I'm mean. saying. So, so, I mean, right. so it was fake. And so the CIA, for whatever reason – so in that case, it's not so much that people want to be deceived, but but the government – and specifically the CIA is the one that's using the term conspiracy theory, was trying to shut down any real investigation further than than what happened with Oswald. And so in that case, it wasn't the people wanting to be deceived. It was very much a government actor that was trying. And again, I'm not saying that there were multiple – I have no idea.
3: Right. I'm I'm not saying that people people need to want to be deceived in every circumstance. Right. But – but there's a, there is the, the circumstance of, "Hey, somebody's trying to deceive," and then the rest of the world is looking for an explanation for things. And sometimes and,
0: they're, they're trying to deceive by getting people by doing an initial mocking of people, which is what the CIA was doing with the Warren Commission is, if you question it, you get mocked, right? And so it's a way to deceive through mocking. And then other people deserve to be mocked because of the theories they believe in. So I agree with you that there's always this desire for deception somewhere in there. The question is, is, you know, it can be on either side. It's useful to look at that specific
1: example because there's a part of it where when you look back at it, there's a lot of different reasons that they may have done the Warren Commission. There's lots of different motivations for doing the Warren Commission. There could have been people who were going, we can't have people lose faith in the government. There could have been some people who were trying to cover something up specifically. There could, you know what I mean, and so what happens is is frequently a conspiracy theory that comes out of something is becomes people trying to oversimplify something
0: that potentially is a lot more complicated. And sometimes they're complicating things that are simple. Right. Like you look at the Warren Commission, and it's really simple. They they weren't in the position to do an investigation. I meant the reason right. why they did it. What I'm saying is the motivation for doing it could be a
1: lot more – You know, it's, and so right. there's a part of what people want to do is they want to attribute a unified front as if the Warren Commission was planned for one particular motivation. Everyone had the same motivation for doing it. Everyone had the same reason for doing it. And the truth is is there's lots of different people that may have there's lots of different forces in the government that may have wanted to do it some of it who wanted to cover up something specific some of them who didn't want people to lose faith in the faith in the government some of the ones who wanted to win election or wanted to you know what I mean it's like right. all these different things and so there's this part of it where what's what's easy to do is to look at that and go the whole thing was just this planned operation by the government and everybody was cooperating in that unified conspiracy as opposed to it was a everybody mixture had their of all own sorts motives. of conspiracies going on. There were lots of people conspiring the way people always do. And it's really easy to pretend like that's the explanation for everything. That
0: people are more brilliant than they are. Right. And that they've actually coordinated it instead of everybody just chasing their own interests. Right.
1: It's, there's that old saying, you know, is never attribute to uh, what is it? Never attribute to malice. What can be what can easily be explained by stupidity or ignorance or all these other. And there's there's a whole list of things that can lead to those things, you know, like some political ambition, just a desire to not have to a desire to be
0: lazy. <laughs> but a lot of that is a term. Uh, it's a kind of malice. So but that's a bad saying. I don't think that saying is very valid. But. but
1: what people do is they turn malice into something very specific as opposed to, like you're
0: saying, right. that incredibly malice. skilled malice is rare. Right. Well,
2: but, but, I mean, but malice is different than just, you know, sin or malice is different than sin. It's like an intentional, like, I'm going to, I'm out to get someone.
0: And I would just say, like, with, with the people that say the senators that the purpose for it was to, to, bring calm to the nation they're still deceiving the nation intentionally that's still i mean that's that's right. an act of malice
1: and there were like jonathan's point was there are people who recognize that it was a sham recognize what was trying to be achieved and were willing to let themselves act as if they were deceived by it to go along with what was being done and so there's just part of it where i mean like even some of the senators who went along with it may have been shamed into going along. You know, if you don't go along with us, we'll say you're trying to cause unrest. We'll say, you know, in other words, you're going to become— and so there's this—we just—we forget that there's all these forces that get played, and all of a sudden when we look at it, we go back and we ascribe it to this incredibly simple response when in reality we understand when we've been involved in these situations. If you've ever been through a church split, there's usually not one driver for the whole thing. You know what I mean? And when you look at the world, people just forget. The world's much more complex.
0: You look at this, and, and one of the ways that they use the conspiracy theory, right, is there's the statement that I made, which is clearly the Warren Commission was bogus, right? I mean, it was coming to conclusions that it did not have the ability to come to. I mean, that that's well defined. But if you look, because they labeled it as a conspiracy theory, like more than 50% of the people, somewhere around 60% of the people believe there was a second shooter. Well, the evidence for that Nobody's developed the evidence that well because they don't have all the evidence. They don't have – it wasn't systematic. Instead, what you're doing is you're just picking pieces and coming up with conclusions. And so all of a sudden, because people aren't just going, wait a second, the Warren Commission was bad. They instead go, we know there was a second shooter. Well, they don't really know that because the evidence wasn't handled well. It wasn't handled – systematically and so all of a sudden because the accusation is oh if you believe this it's a second there's a second shooter it's actually popularized that view more than it would have been otherwise what they should have done is a legitimate investigation
2: but how could people be more systematic about examining a second shooter than they have been
0: well i'm saying because they know nobody has examined that has that has all the evidence because the government has the evidence
2: what evidence
0: Whatever evidence – I mean they did a full forensic analysis and they did evidence and none of that has been released and it continues to not be released. They delayed it again. And so, you know, so who knows what
3: happened? That's enough right there just to, to take it as somewhat abstract and say there's a desire to suppress the truth. Right. There's a desire to suppress information and then it's coupled with a desire to know. On the part of everyone else. So so you know that there's – it's pretty obvious that truth being suppressed. You want to know something. You're not in a position to know. So boom, Cons- conspiracy right. theories bloom.
0: So you start to believe things that you don't really have the basis to believe because you can't examine it to figure out what you really should believe.
2: I mean and part of it too is the desire of people to not think that one person can kill the president. I mean that's uh, – pretty big motivation to not to want a conspiracy theory to be true you know to accept that you know something seemingly random one person getting upset and then having the opportunity to go go through with it it that can you know change history they'd rather have a secret or you know conspiracy in the u.s government working with the communists to to kill him
3: yeah i mean it, it in the absence of evidence to the contrary it makes a juicy story sure But then there's other times, I mean, I don't follow Japanese news, so maybe they talk about conspiracies, but there was a recent case where a past prime minister was just assassinated by what seems like a lone actor with a homemade gun who was mad because of financial problems that his mother had, and he walked up and shot him. And, you know, lone actor, done, end of story, no other... So there
2: are – I think I have heard there are conspiracy okay, theories out so, there. I, but I mean but,
0: the, like the with McKinley, he was shot by a lone anarchist. I mean there's no evidence. There's no conspiracy theories that I heard about him at the time or later. But, the, but, of, anar- uh, but the,
2: the specter of a- anarchism is a conspiracy theory. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true, <laughs> but, like, that's a big group of people that people were really scared about because they assassinated a, a good number of world leaders. And people were really upset about that as a conspiracy theory. Not that he was with a big group of people, but he was part of this group that was trying to overthrow things.
0: Right. Well, but... Is that a conspiracy though, if you have a group of people that is saying we should we should have anarchy instead of having formed a government
3: so I think what I'm hearing you say Joshua is that and, and I and I would agree with it at this level is that there's a desire for a particular kind of explanation for the series of events and when when you don't have all the information out there, there's a desire to go to certain kinds of stories
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: And when when there's a culture of deception, and and please, I mean, if you've listened to any of our our other podcasts, we we believe that we live in a culture where there's deceit and deceptors – is that a word? All over the place. Decepticons. Deceivers. Okay. (laughs) And – and, and so, you know, in those kinds of circumstances, it's just like, well, I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't believe anybody's telling me the truth. And so I'm, I'm left at the point where I've got to make sense of the world, and I'm going to make sense of the world with the stories that I find most satisfying. Right. And, and if the stories that I find most satisfying are the, there's a whole bunch of people out to get me. If that's something that satisfies my imagination, if that's something that aligns with my fears, then that's how you can get me to believe conspiracy theories right. right which is
2: why you know the conspiracy theories the, are that the the people you don't like are the ones causing the problems in the world it's what it boils down to you know for many of them um that you know if something bad happened the conspiracy theory about it is the group you don't like rightly or wrongly are the ones who did it
1: I mean, you, you kind of said something I was going to say, and so I'm going to say it again and pretend like you didn't say it. But, I mean, there's a part of it where one of our, one of our fundamental issues is, is we don't like loose ends. We don't like things that don't make sense to us. And there's a part of it is where we, we say on this podcast a lot, Scripture allows us to make sense of the world. But one of the things that allows us to make sense of the world of is that there are things that we don't know enough to know about. I mean, God is in charge of the world, not us. And there's a part of it where what Scripture allows us to be comfortable with is there are things that we don't—the answer is, is I don't know. And God actually says you have to be okay with not knowing about a lot of things because the world's actually for me. You know, I'm working out my glory. You have some things you can know. You have some things you can understand, but you're not going to understand at all. And I do think there's a big part of it where man's unwillingness to be okay with being uncertain is— feeds into a part
3: of conspiracy theories the secret things belong to god yeah i mean if if you can live in faith and and believe that fragment of a bible verse then sc- conspiracy theories aren't going to have the same hold over you right
2: right i mean you he, you see th- stuff in the bible that'd be very uh, <laughs> uh fertile ground for conspiracy theories like you know where who was it Abimelech or whoever he gets, a woman drops a stone out of the tower and kills him. Like, come on, a woman can lift a stone to kill him out of a tower. Really, we're supposed to believe this? And then you also see like legitimate conspiracies, like where David and gets Joab to send uh, Uriah to the forefront of the battle and fall back. Well, Dave, you're saying David is trying to assassinate one of his own people? Yes, actually, he did.
3: Right. Our family's just gone through First and Second Samuel, and it is absolutely loaded with things that are. I mean. They are conspiracies. there's conspiracies there's there's this political intrigue and then there's these shifting alliances and people are lying all over the place and 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 it all starts with David's sin and that's it, this is the result of that is there's this disorder that happens from inside. but there's conspiracies all over the place.
0: Like Charles was saying, we just have to accept the fact that we don't know things. And we think that somehow we can find out knowledge by only examining one side. And that's contrary to scripture. Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, The first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. And a lot of the conspiracy theories, they hold up because of this. You go, but when – but there was this crackle here in this, this film when the person landed on the moon and you see this where they were in a swimming pool and it looks like it does there and all these things. And it sounds good because people don't have enough basis to go, wait a second what was really going on here. And they don't have even the opportunity to examine people in a lot of cases. And so they turn around and they go, well, we know, you know, the twin towers, they fell because they were, had to be blown up from the bottom because, you know, they use steel of a certain temperature or quality that will withstand the temperature of, you know, and they say all these things and, you present these facts that sound good, and people buy them because they have no way to cross-examine. And
3: you, you have to recognize this Bible verse is really useful for you. This is explaining what you are like. This is just saying, when you hear a story, it's going to seem right to you. Right. It, and that's just—and and, and then you have to recognize that you have to be able to behave rationally in that situation, and either say, well, I haven't heard— the other side. I don't have all the information, therefore I'm going to withhold judgment on this. It seems right to me, but but that's all. That's that's all. It seems right. Seems right is not the same as is right.
0: And I think a lot of times, as our society and culture has become more and more dumbed down were willing to say things seem right that if you think about for a minute, it's like, no, this isn't right, (laughs) right? I mean, like the Warren Commission, like doing the examination starting it after seven days, you know there's a problem. I mean, it doesn't take any examination, but they knew that most people – and right when the Warren Commission wrote their report, like 90 percent of the people agreed with it. It was only after time that people sat back and started to think and went, "Wait a second, this doesn't seem right. How could they have investigated stuff when the investigators hadn't done anything yet?" Right.
1: Local crimes take far. I mean, just I mean, right. and this was something that they were talking about. Actors. I mean, that it could have been a global. I mean, there could have been other nations involved in it. I mean, all. Sorts. Well, we know he
0: was at the Soviet embassy right. in Mexico City, and there's all this other stuff that that are things that have been acknowledged and stuff, but yet they couldn't investigate all that stuff. Right, and so. You know, part of it is, yes, the person who pleads their case first seems right, but it also, now they don't even need to plead a case very well. (laughs) At least they used to have to try to come up with a rational case. Now they can say things that are just absurd and people just accept them hook, line, and sinker, which I think is one of the reasons that there's such an explosion of them, is that people don't think and go, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense.
1: I mean, the other part is I think you even mentioned is, like, you said there's things that we can't examine because we don't have access to the evidence. The, the other part is, is there are things that it's hard for us to examine because we don't know enough. You know, right. because of, I mean, like, I work in the IT industry, and there, I've spent a long time working on, like, Linux computers and different systems like that. You could You could try to tell me a certain story about things with computers that I would go, no. And the thing is, is that pride might cause me to be able to be fooled in that area if I'm not careful. But there are other industries that I don't know anything about. And someone could say something in the form of their words and the structure of it sounds reasonable to me because I'm ignorant. I mean, I have 10 children and they'll come to me and tell me things. I'll have children come to me and I'll ask them. One comes in and tells me a story and I go, well, that seems... Pretty likely so. And then the next one comes in, and they tell me something, and I go, oh, well, that changes things quite a bit. And I know my children. I've spent all (laughs) my time with my – I mean, I have a lot of knowledge about these people. And what I think – and there's sometimes four of them get done talking, and I go – I have no idea what happened. And I mean, Spank them all. <laughs> but, I mean, there's this part where, I mean, can you imagine how much more complex it can be? And this is what I mean is we go, well, I just want to – he seemed reasonable. He seemed well-spoken. He seemed intelligent. It kind of makes sense. It holds together. And it could be completely false because you don't know enough to even examine what he's saying. And, again, you just – you have – you have to be willing. In America, at one point, we were our pride is part of what caused us to accept the Warren Report. You know what I mean? there's a and, We wanted to believe that, of course, we could come to a conclusion.
0: We're America. And I think it was also pride in the idea that our government would never lie to us. Right. And so they just assumed that, even though now there's so much evidence that the government lies. That's well-proven, well-documented. I mean— You can go anytime
3: and wait. Politicians lie. Politicians (laughs) lie. Okay,
0: even even the organized bureaucracy lies. Shockingly, that's unbelievable. And so, but I mean, back in the '60s, that wasn't the view of government. People have gotten a lot, yeah, (laughs) and people have gotten a lot more cynical since then because a lot more things have been exposed. And remember, and this isn't, you know, like look at JFK. JFK was using incredibly strong drugs for painkillers and stuff, stuff that you should never drive a vehicle with. And he was using these. And he wasn't it's driving. It's well documented. And he wasn't driving. <laughs> but, You're driving the country. <laughs> yeah. right. But he's using these things in ABC, NBC, CBS. They never reported. They all knew. It wasn't like it was secret. It was just secret to the American people. So there was a whole bunch of stuff that was covered up. And then all of a sudden, some of these things start to become uncovered and people start to go, wait a second, these people really aren't trustworthy.
1: Right. And what happens is, is when you find one lie, you start to expect that they're all, everything else is a lie too. And so there's this part of it where just the nature of lying causes just a distrust in everything. And so, I mean, there's, I mean... And if you've been following along, what we're kind of doing is we're kind of identifying symptoms or, or things that contribute to an environment where our use where it explains the way people talk about conspiracy theories. Everything from the nature of deception to the nature of man's heart to our pride to I mean, just all of these things, they add up and they cause a situation where it's very hard for people to know what is the truth.
0: And then you look at the the polemic divides in our country and all of a sudden it becomes, oh, you agree with, uh, you know, (laughs) you agree with with Donald Trump because you don't say that he's a Russian agent. And so they they use it to, you know, to push shame and to create greater divisions and to leverage it by saying, well, if you're with that group, wow, you're – you're not you agree with those things. And both sides do it. I'm not saying one side versus the other side, but both sides do it. And so the conspiracy theory is to to shame you to, to, so that you withdraw from a group that you don't want to be associated with. Right.
1: And there's a part of it where by nature when you hear a claim, what you either do is you either kind of – you either have to completely dismiss the claim, which is hard. Because there's a part of it where you just you don't want to assume things because what people the Bible says it seems right right Right. and so and so once you once you hear a claim what you start to do is you start to go there must be some truth to this and so you, you and there's this part of it where what you do is you kind of split the baby you go well it's probably not the whole truth but at least it's probably partly true. And like you mentioned the Twitter files earlier, there were, there were periods of time where the government was – I mean not that long ago where they were saying there were all these Russian disinformation actors out there. And there was a group that had been created to identify them and call them out. And then they found out – I mean it's been it's revealed. Totally fake. That it, I mean and not just like some of them. Like they just picked people. And they had no proof whatsoever that they were associated with Russia and just said they were. And so there's this part of it
0: where as, as a reasonable person. I mean, and like all the major media outlets said they were. Right. It wasn't just like this one group. Ad- right. They know, followed
1: along. It. Right. They said they are. So they are. And, and if you question that they are, you might – you're probably a Russian, too.
0: You know? And Twitter's going, these aren't Russians. Right. But I mean, they didn't have the guts to say it to anybody. Right. And they kept
1: talking. Should we need to reveal that they're doing this? We need to, what do we need? I mean, reading those was just amazing. I mean, and so there's this part of it where if you're sitting at home and you're a reasonable person – what do you do? How do you process
2: sure. that information? Because there's kind of a mentality that, you know, I don't want to believe in conspiracy theories. So, you know, I understand that the mainstream media might be wrong, but they're only going to be like 10 percent wrong. Right. Or even so 50. Like, right. Yeah. You may so be even there's, 50. There's a percentage, you know. <laughs> Some people are like, if the mainstream media says, I know it's a lie. And that's just as bad. But but you could <laughs> Although the right
1: they're going, at well, get there.
2: <laughs> But, 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 you know, you can just say, I, I'm willing to disagree with them, but they can't be doing X. Right. A line. They
1: wouldn't just make up something out
0: of whole cloth and say that it was true.
2: Right. But,
0: <laughs> but, 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 and it, but part of that is, too, if you just take a step back, you start to go, wait a second. There's all these Russian bots that are so influential on in the election, really? You know, Russia spent $3 million or something they were saying. The U.S. government or the U.S. candidates spent two billion dollars, roughly a thousand times more than what Russia spent. But they're saying the the one one tenth of one percent that Russia spent completely controlled the election.
1: Best money ever spent
3: in the history <laughs> of the it's world. It's like
0: what, what Trump should have done and what Clinton should have done is immediately fire everybody that was advising them and go hire a Russian. They obviously know how to do it. And so part of it is people don't even give it any thought at all. Who cares if the Russians are out there? Do they really have more influence than than the Clinton campaign, than the the Biden campaign, than the Trump campaigns? Right. No, they don't have more influence than they do. They're they're spending a mere pittance compared to it. And it's not that they're so brilliant that the, so part of it is people fall for these things because they want it to seem right because they just don't want to think they about it. They want to be
1: deceived.
0: They want to be deceived. They just, they just want to sit back <laughs> and, and listen to things that are clearly false without any thought about it.
1: And that leads us into, I think, one of the points we kind of want to get to here is that the reason they do this is because they want to fear something other than God. You know I mean? God says, I kill and I make alive. You know, God says we'll cover the verse I think even later where he talks about, you know, the kings of the earth, they conspire together. And I laugh at them. And so I mean all of man's machinations, all of man's plans, all of the things that man does are are ridiculous. God is the one who is working out his will. But he says in Isaiah eight, eleven through thirteen, For the Lord spoke thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not say a conspiracy. Concerning all that this people call a conspiracy, nor be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow, let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And there's a part of it where I mean today when you talk to people about the fear of God, they turn it into it's reverence, it's respect. No, it is dread. It is dread because all things he is he is taking everything that is happening in the world he is working it for his glory and those who stand against him he will judge and he will torment for all eternity and if that doesn't fill you with dread i'm sorry you're not thinking about the world correctly
3: if if you think that the world is like like the classic movie version of a conspiracy theorist, where you open up their closet and it's all the newspaper clippings connected with red yarn and pins because there's some secret group or groups and it's all connected. If you think that's the way the world works, then that's a fundamental denial of the sovereignty of God. It's, a, it's, a, it's bad theology because there is a secret group that's controlling everything and it is all connected, but it's the Trinity. And if you want to ascribe that to anything else, then you're really missing what God's doing in the the whole course of history. You have to start there. If you start with the fear of God, if you start with let him be your dread, then you can agree with somebody like Isaiah who says, don't say it's all con- a conspiracy. Don't believe every time somebody comes to you and says it's a conspiracy. And- because it's a desire to—what what Isaiah is saying by saying don't say that is— there's people who are saying that because they don't fear God. They fear something else. Or they're
0: trying to gin up fear in something else, right? Because a lot of times people manipulate, and they always have manipulated other people by stirring up fear. And so it's a means to manipulate people and to try to cause them to be filled with fear. So they say there's a conspiracy. They may not even believe it. They don't need to believe it. They want to control other people.
2: And this is, I mean, it's it, it's a pretty helpful verse. It's directly, uh, this is the verse that addresses the topic we're talking about. And, you know, it. it I think one thing, that it's saying is not that there are not conspiracies because we talked about how there's a lot of conspiracies recorded in scripture, but it's saying don't follow the people and be afraid of these conspiracies. Don't be saying a conspiracy instead focus on God who actually controls the world and he's the one who you need to fear. So it's, it's not to say that there are no conspiracies, but to say that's not what you need to be worrying about. You need to be worrying about the almighty God
3: buried in this verse is that There's comfort here. It's don't be afraid of their threats. Don't be troubled. And if an angel of God came down and read your Facebook feed, would that angel think, hmm, this person is not afraid of their threats and not troubled? Or are they going to say, hey, you know what? You're swept up in all hysteria of what's going on. Even if you're right, even if you're right about some of this stuff, are you troubled by it? Are you troubled by their threats? or do you actually fear god do you think he's the one who's really pulling all the levers and you
0: know, are you really are you really spending time on the things that you should be spending time on rather than just trying to stir up fear in other people because you're afraid right because a lot of times people and it might be true the conspiracy theory they pass on but they pass on conspiracy theories because people like other people to join them in their fear
1: right and a lot of times the person who promotes the thing is actually Is actually glorifying and honoring the person that they're saying is the one pulling the strings. You know, I mean, even though even though there may be more power than they have, right? There are true. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I mean, if if, imagine if you were Elon Musk and there were people out there going, Elon Musk is just he's controlling everything. That's very flattering to Elon Musk. I mean, he's probably going to laugh because he knows that he's not controlling everything. But there's part of him that's going to take. He's going to love the fact that you think that he's running the world. He's going to. George Soros, you know what I mean? He's going to love the fact that his work has caused this in the world that people believe he's really calling the shots. And so, I mean, there's a part of it where you're dishonoring God. You're not giving honor and glory to God. The only reason to talk about a conspiracy is to show people if there's evil being done and you're in a position to point out evil to cause justice to happen, there's a reason to go, there's evil happening here because that's glorifying to God. But anything else where you have no control, you have no ability— are your words causing people to have a fear of God, or are they causing people to have a fear of man? And that's really how you should drive it. that's you should that's what you should consider whether you speak certain words or not.
2: And when you're thinking about it from like your day to day life, what do you what do you actually need to do? You know, say you know, some people say that Biden is just, you know, uh, that President Biden is just, you know, he's so old, he's senile, and the people actually running the country are his, you know, his wife, you know, a handful of advisors. Okay, what, you know, what's the difference between one unregenerate man running the country and a couple of his closest supporters running the country to you as a Christian today? What what, what does that matter? <sighs> right. You know, I mean, right. what, what is the actual difference to you? How does that change what you're going to do? You know, there are one godless ruler over the country or – A couple who are controlling one godless ruler over the country. And, you know, when Paul's writing about it,
0: he's also going, just don't, I mean, man's not that important, right? In Ephesians 6, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. don't worry about the people. They don't really matter anyway. Like you were saying, does it matter if President Biden's in charge or two wicked men that are wicked like him are in charge? I mean, because they're really not in charge. Really, it's powers and principalities of the air, and they're controlled by God too. But if you're going to fight somebody, the conspiracy theories are almost always about fighting men, and it's putting aside what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be saying it's a battle of of it's a spiritual battle and not a physical battle. Conspiracy theories shift it to make it all a physical battle and not a spiritual battle. Right.
1: Paul's pulling back the curtain and going you're you're worried about the pawns and right. and even the principalities aren't the players. I mean they're they're just other pieces that like you said that that God is allowing to be to work out and do his will in the world. And so, yeah, and and if you notice Paul does not stir up fear. Of the principalities in this passage, right? Paul does not go. Listen, it's a conspiracy, man, and you're worried about the people. It's really, it's the demons, you know. I mean, Paul's not. He's not like going. This is what you should be afraid of. And then he turns around and tells you it's a conflict. And here's what you do. And here's how you stand. And it's the word of God. I mean, so he's saying here's how you
0: beat those powers. Because right. Those powers aren't that hard to beat. Right. When you start to make it, well, how do you get over those people? Right. That they, they the the government they blew up the tower and they blew up that other building next to the towers and how can we defeat the government? And Paul's going, first of all, any of that that happened, it's really powers and principalities of the air. It's a spiritual battle and God's given you all the spiritual weapons you need to win. And we forget that and the church has forgotten that. And I mean, I've been to many countries where they're so worried about the demons that are in the church. And it's like, the solution is faithfulness. The solution is understanding the Word of God. The solution is repent repentance. The solution is not, how do you cast out demons out of this church? I mean, there's the, the, the view of demons, you know, in a lot of churches is really strange. And so, but all of them are exalting them as po- more powerful than God, more powerful than Christians. And Paul's saying, that's not true. And they're clearly Christians are more powerful than other men because we have spirit where they're dead and they have no spirit.
1: So what we're saying is there is a conspiracy. Satan has conspired to Multiple try to make men afraid of men instead of understanding that God is in control of the world. And if you're afraid of the conspiracies of men, you've fallen for the conspiracy of Satan.
3: It's, exactly. It's, that's not a theory. That's, that's, it's th- worse than that. <laughs> Satan would like you to be afraid of anything except God. Right. He's happy if you're afraid of him. He's happy if you're afraid of men. He's happy if you're afraid of he, he nature. Is, he is happy if you are just afraid of anything that's not God, because right. that takes glory away from God, the only thing that you really should fear. I mean, when you look at that list of the the— it, it's one of those Sunday school lessons. I mean, you've all had the coloring page where you've drawn the full armor of God and then colored in. And but But if you put it in the context of, hey, this really is your defense against conspiracies and conspiracy theories, you look at the first thing on the list. You're supposed to wear truth like a belt. If you start there, then... Just, you know, the simplest, the first thing that he puts out there, one of the simplest garments, just wear truth. And and I'm going to, I mean, going back to early at the beginning, if you are a person whose life is like, hey, I'm going to put truth on, like, my clothes, then that would have a really sanctifying effect on yourself. And it's going to have a sanctifying effect on you and the world around you. And, I mean, it's... It's our podcast and one of the things we always end up doing is saying well how did we get here why are we in such a state where conspiracy theories are so prevalent and eventually at some point you know one of us is going to blame well you know the church wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing and here's here's you know
0: here's the perfect opportunity here's an opportunity
3: <laughs> to do that to say if the church was really about truth if the church really cared about truth if the church if the church, was made up of a whole bunch of people who wore truth like a belt, you would not be in a circumstance, you wouldn't be in a situation and in a culture where we have podcasts about conspiracy theories. You only get here because the church thought truth wasn't important. That's how you get in this kind of a circumstance when all of a sudden the church is not there to anchor and drive a culture. The culture is just going to get tossed about by any whim of anything
0: that wants to come along. And I would, you know, having been lots of places, you see it, right? That the the more they reject truth, the more they're afraid of everything else. I mean, you go to places and they're afraid of what men will do to them. Well, they, re- they reject the idea that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to the purpose. They reject really basic truths which make them afraid of everything, Or they reject truth about spiritual things, so they become afraid of demons. And really, the response to all of this is pretty simple. Understand what's going on. God is in control. God is sovereign. And people reject that, and they lose that truth. They cover that truth up because of their own feelings. They want to say, well, no, I'm sovereign over my election, other things you know, over my salvation, and so they end up being in the position where they're going, yeah, truth doesn't really matter, and then they just are filled with fear, and like you're saying, I mean, all you really need is that, and that defeats most of it. Most of that fear is simply defeated by by putting on the belt of truth.
2: There's probably some people who would say, yeah, It is all about truth. You know, the truth about who is really controlling the world, meaning which uh, government organization. But, you know, there's a lot more to it than truth. I mean, there's righteousness. How many people are more concerned about who's running the world than they are about obeying the commands that are actually given to them? I mean, there's salvation. There's faith. I mean, there's so I mean, so truth is part of this. Truth is not the thing you care about. Truth is, you know, God's word. You know, and, and all these other things that are referencing it or, or defining what that truth is. It's not whatever you happen to want it to be.
0: And we know what, what distorts truth, right? I mean, all truth is distorted because of unrighteousness. So if you don't pursue righteousness in the end, you won't keep truth. I mean, those two, right? We deceive ourselves in our own unrighteousness. So, so that, that truth immediately gets under attack if you're not willing to walk in righteousness. That's the second one on
3: the list. That's why I said that. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then a gospel of peace. Well, that that it, good news of peace is very different than there's a conspiracy and they're all out to get us. Right. Because it, you know, which one do you do you fear? Do you fear God or do you fear man? That's what the, the gospel of peace cuts right through that one. The gospel of peace says God has
1: conspired to show mercy upon some.
3: That there is a conspiracy and it's God.
1: Right.
0: And so you can be beaten for what's not your fault, like when, you know, Peter and John were beaten by the, the Sanhedrin and walk out and rejoice because they go, it's, you know, it's the gospel of peace. God, God's going to win this. It's just a matter of time. I mean, God tells us how to deal with the conspiracy theories, and it's pretty easy. But there's various reasons why people want to embrace conspiracy theories, and especially for, like, big conspiracies. I think a lot of it is they can excuse their own failure to do what they should do. Right. I can't do this because the Jews are all against us. Right. I mean, you listen to like the Nixon tapes and that's what Nixon was saying, is that all his failures in government were because of of what the Jews had done or, you know, the Illuminati or, you know, skull and and cross whatever skull and bones at, at Yale. And there's all these groups that they people want to assign a lot more ability to because that takes responsibility from them.
1: Right. Even though you can look at the world and go, the things that they, I mean, what happens is, is when there's something that looks like it's heading in the direction they want, they give them a hundred percent success for it. But when it's moving, when it's not, they just go, "Oh, well, you know, that doesn't just like you said, that doesn't disprove the fact they're just they're just lulling us into a false sense of security, right? right so now. we can get you later. Right. And so I mean, yeah, in the end, it's it becomes this this self fulfilling sort of prophecy that you can kind of create any. Any sort of evidence, whatever the evidence is, proves your conspiracy theory, and that's how you know you're in a you're in a pretty bad way. If there's nothing that can prove you that you're wrong, if you can't find any way to falsify your theory, you're, you're starting to get into a pretty bad spot.
0: And we should, and again, it's just really important to recognize how much sin is what puts you in that spot, right? It's your sin because you're not doing what you want, what you're supposed to be doing. So what you start to do is you blame it on the Illuminati you blame it on these these massive conspiracies that are supposed to be controlling the world because that explains why I failed to do what I do and so I can continue to not do the things that I should be doing because I have this global excuse that I just use to, to ignore my own culpability right. so it, so part of the, when somebody believes a conspiracy theory they should be asking themselves why especially certain classes of them you know like the world is controlled by this you know this little cabal of people you know George Soros, he's controlling the whole world. Is he giving money to candidates? Sure, but is he controlling the whole world? No.
1: <laughs> I mean, one of George Soros' most successful conspiracies that he had was this last, I think the last several years he ended up giving money for district attorneys in different positions around the, around the nation to run and win. And because it's a race that's not tracked by a lot of people, a lot of people that he put in place won, and they can choose who to prosecute. And so when you had the summer of riots and things like that, you had cases where this was massively exacerbated by the fact that district attorneys that he had promoted refused to prosecute people in those spaces. But that's a really, I mean, it was. And it
0: immediately kicks back, right? Because look at what's happening now. I mean, even this week. You know, President Biden is saying that he's going to sign the bill that, that's going to eliminate the Washington, D.C. law that was basically implementing in Washington, D.C. everything that Soros wanted. He can't even – even in D.C., Biden is going to, to sign a bill that eliminates it is what he's saying. I mean it right. it's not sustainable. You look at it and you pretend like there's this conspiracy that's going to control the world. It just doesn't work that way. Right. And I mean
1: and like I said, we'll, we'll probably do a follow-up episode at some point about – actual conspiracies that happen and but we we should just mention i mean there are conspiracies that people have conspired to do that have been successful i mean like climate change the, the way that they're implementing climate change that really was a real plan to say we're going to siphon money off of a lot of different.
2: You, you uh, mean the, the way they're changing the climate? <laughs> no, the the way that
1: they're the way that they are representing what is going on in the environment, so that they can cause it to be blamed on specific people, so they can cause shame to come on specific people, so they can then charge them, or so they can implement policies. That has been that it's been a real conspiracy. People really got their heads together and said we should do this and it's been effective and they've done real things cuz in,
2: in many ways conspiracy can be a synonym for plan Right. So if you have, right. a, if you don't have a conspiracy, you're not doing a very good job <laughs> doing what you're trying to do. I mean, you should right. make a plan, right, with other people. You need other people to have the conspiracy. But
1: you need to do more than just clip out headlines and draw string together. <laughs> I mean, you have to actually think about what they say,
3: right? When when the catcher is making hand signals towards the pitcher about what pitch he wants him to, that's a conspiracy, and it it is, it really is a conspiracy. Everybody knows it's happening nobody but the catcher and the pitcher know what's coming next though but they are conspiring they are they are conspiring to fool the batter right you know in order to succeed at his expense right but in the end when you look at
1: what what happens with climate change it's what governments always do it's what people in power always do when you look at it it's it's nefarious but it's not fundamentally different than the than the battle we have it's a battle it's, over truth it's, it's the
0: a, people getting the what they deserve because they failed to to be diligent.
1: Right. And so in the end, it's, it's it's if people look at it and go, it's this shadowy thing, it's not really this shadowy thing. It's just men working evil the way that they always work evil, and you shouldn't be shocked by it. You shouldn't be surprised by it, and you shouldn't make more of it than it is.
0: And again, you should go back to fearing God, right? Climate change is about fearing the world and what man can do and the power of man. And it's, it's, you know, you look at it, man and then the demons and then God, right? I mean, and you're supposed to fear God and you're not supposed to fear man. If you're going to fear anything, at least fear the powers and principalities of the air. But and, and they look at it, and they're saying man is able to control all those things, and man is going to destroy the world, and man is go- i mean, it's all about the exaltation of man.
3: Right. And the Bible talks about that. Psalm 2, verses 1 through 5. Why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together, against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces, and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. He shall speak to them in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. The beginning of this passage talks about conspiracies. Yeah. The nation's rage, people's plot together, the kings of the earth set themselves, and rulers take counsel. I mean, it's talking about actual conspiracies. And then it's saying, and you know what happens? God sits in his heavens, and he laughs. Like, what? Which one do you fear? Do you fear God or do you fear man? And this is this is telling you what's really happening in the world. And it's peeling it all back. There's secret things going on. God sees all those secret things going on, and he giggles. You know, that's that's what it's like. And yet we are so afraid of maybe the deep state is out to get us. Well, you know, it might be. But, do we fear the deep state, or do we fear god
0: right so one of the one of the conspiracies in the Bible is when Joseph's brothers all conspire to sell him to kill him at first, and then Reuben talks him into selling him into slavery and then at the end of after Jacob's dead you know when when you know after they bury him, all his brothers come to him and basically go, "Don't kill us, <laughs> yeah, we sold you into slavery, but don't kill us and Joseph says. Yeah, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And if we start with that understanding that God is the first cause of all things, that he is the one that is directing all things for the good of his people, then why do you worry so much? Because maybe they are conspiring, maybe they are plotting, but what you know is God is going to use it for the good of his church. They mean it for evil. We shouldn't turn around and pretend like they don't mean it for evil, But that doesn't mean that God means it for evil. God says he means it for good for his people. And so you don't need to fear it, even if it's real. You don't need to fear it because God is using it for the good of his people.
1: It doesn't mean you don't proclaim the truth. It doesn't mean you don't call out evil that's being done in the world because God tells you to do those things. So by doing those things, if you do them for the right reason, you're obeying God, which is fine. But in in the end, this is really the issue, is where is your focus? Where are your eyes? Do you understand? Where is your fear? Right. Where is your fear? That's... That's the real question. So I mean, one of the other verses that that really kind of talks about this, and this goes back to a theme running through the episode of that men, are, like Joshua said, it's just another word for conspiring is planning, is Proverbs nineteen twenty one. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. You know, you saw in the previous verse where it says the people of the earth plot a vain thing. You know, the, the nation. You know, the, the kings of the earth they take counsel. And it's against God. The conspiracy is, is the heart of man has conspired against God. But in the end, they're not united in their plans. They're not completely united. They, they're, this one's trying to do this. This one's trying to do this. This one's a slave to, to gluttony. This one's a slave to, his, to greed. This one's a slave to bitterness. This one's a, you know what I mean? And so man is sinning against God. But in the end, there are many plans in a man's heart. There are many, many different plans. But in the end, God's counsel, what God has decided, that's what's going to
0: stand in the world. And so that's where our focus should be. But I think a lot of people don't want their focus there because that's too hard or they want to be puffed up. I mean, one of the reasons that the conspiracy theories, so we've kind of looked at it from one side, which is the side where somebody is deliberately doing it, where they're deliberately setting it up. You know, President Trump is a Russian agent, you know, just foolish things like that. And then they mock anybody that doesn't believe it. But then there's the other part where there's people who go and research it and they find these things and they spend a lot of time to go, you know, we didn't land on the moon. Look at this glitch here, right? And it's not even systematic where somebody's doing it with an agenda, except that the agenda is usually to make themselves feel more important, to go, look, I've discovered something that nobody else knows, to make themselves feel smarter. Then we should just recognize that that's what drives a lot of conspiracy theories, too, is that somebody going look, I know more than anybody else. I know more about this subject. But to know more about it, they usually have to ignore a lot of things that that contradict their position, but they want that position because that gives them a position of, you know, where people are going to listen to them and people are going to consider them. So instead of doing the things that they should be doing in order to accomplish that, what they do instead is conspiracy theories are a way to get a following, to get people to follow after you.
3: It's a way to come up with human explanations for problems and therefore the, the assumption that follows is that there are human solutions to those problems. If you, if you, even if it's not something that's actually a problem, if you're able to say, Hey, there's this big, scary thing that's being caused by these big, scary humans, then the solution for that is a big human thing. And God is just not part of that equation anywhere along the way. Um, and you know again would your facebook feed bear that out mm. where is your trust where is your fear is it in god is it do you do you believe that god is behind all things do you believe that god is actually working out thing all things together for the good of those that are the called according to his purpose right god has purposes he's working all things for good can you start with that as premise a or are you starting with Somebody's out to get us all. And his
0: purposes, the Lord's purposes will stand.
1: Right. I really like what you pointed out about it puffing people up because there's a part of it where if you look at the language of a lot of the conspiracy theories, the the value you get out of it is you get to look at everybody else and view them as sheep. Look at all the sheep walking around like idiots. And I've, and, and I'm, I've stopped being a sheep. You know, I mean, I I know I've taken the red pill. Right. Look at everybody else. They're walking around and they just, you know, they have no idea. But I know I see the strings. I understand what's being pulled. And I mean, and I do think that's a really I think there's a part of it where it's something where you can literally look at and ask, what is my motivation for these things is is. Is the knowledge I'm seeking, is it allowing me to follow God in a better way? Is it allowing me to do the work that God has for me? Or is it a total distraction and it's a and it's really a tribute to my pride? And that, that's and a, it and a most, waste
0: of time. Right. And so often it's a waste of time. The reality is how much does it matter if we land on the moon or not? Right. How much does it affect your life? But yet— there's a lot of people that spent a lot of time researching that, going, Oh, we never landed on the moon. So what? So what? Say they all lied to us. So what?
1: And I think we did land on the moon.
0: I think we'd landed on the moon <laughs> as well. I mean I think the arguments are really lousy. But there's people who push that. In both of them it's about pride, right? Because the mocking is about pride too. Can you believe that there's, you know, the flat earth people are going, oh, look, we're we're so brilliant that we figured out that the earth is really flat. And so they puff themselves up, and then everybody else goes, do you see these idiots? They think the world's flat. They're idiots. Look right. at how good you are. You would never fall for that. I totally and, destroyed a flat-earth proponent the other day. <laughs> and, right. so, and so the end of it is that both of them, it's about pride, and that's what sets it up. And a lot of what you should do with conspiracy theories is go, so? Who cares? Right. Why does it matter? How does it affect what I should be doing? Because God gives us his word not just so that we can have intellectual debates or thoughts. It's so that we can actually do the things we're supposed to do. Right. As slaves of righteousness, we're supposed to be out there doing things, not just sitting back and going, oh, let's debate about this conspiracy so that we can puff ourselves up. But it really distracts us. The, the American church is very, very inactive in the world. And we should recognize that some of you know, a lot of churches chase a lot of conspiracy theories, and spend a lot of time with it, thinking that there's solutions to problems that are clearly not biblical solutions. But yet they spend a lot of time doing it instead of doing the stuff that they're supposed to be
3: doing. We've said it all the podcasts. It's it's all motivated by fear and putting your fear in the wrong thing and not fearing God.
0: Yep. Or pride. Fear and pride, right? Which <laughs> are Yeah. Right. The the people that are selling them are a lot of times selling them out of pride, and the people buying them are and buying the them out of fear. the thing that you're
3: buying is you're buying fear or a salve for your fear.
0: In our world with so many people, so many media coming at you in different ways, it's very easy to get caught up with fear of the world because people want to sell it because it sells well. That's why you have Facebook. That's why you have Twitter. That's why you have so many of these things that are out there. And God gives a really simple solution to it. Pursue truth. Just pursue truth. And too often we want to fear other things rather than fearing God we want to think that we can know truth when we can't know truth. Instead, let's be satisfied with the things that we're supposed to do. Seek the truth of God's word, fear him, and then walk in obedience to him. And we don't need to worry and say, oh, there's a conspiracy, there's a conspiracy. As it says in Isaiah, don't say that. Just do the things you're supposed to do. Thanks for joining us. This has been The Conquering
1: Truth, a project of Reformation Baptist Church. If you found this helpful, you can visit us online at theconqueringtruth.com and subscribe here or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for watching.